Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Tonight, or not tonight, but today we're continuing our series uh, it's called FaceTime. This is week number two. And if you don't know who I am, I'm Tony Umber. My wife and I, we pastor this awesome church of amazing people. And just want to say hi to the online, uh, uh, the online audience. My tongue will get connected here sooner or later. But the online audience or the online church, we just want to welcome them because there are people that tune in. And so just wanted to say, hey, glad you're tuning into this message today. But the message or the title of our series, as I said, was FaceTime, and we're going to get a little more into that. And obviously, for those of you that have smartphones, you understand what FaceTime is. You know, FaceTime is where not only am I just sending a text or an email or even having a phone conversation, but I can look at my phone or my device and actually see the person's face that I'm talking to. And how many of you know that would solve a lot of discrepancies when it comes to emails or texts, right? How many of you have ever received a text or an email and you've thought that the person's face on the other end of the text was kind of like, scrawled up and like, (laughs) you know what I mean? And so all of a sudden you send back a text or an email and you're like, (laughs) right? Just because of the tone of voice that you read into it. But if you could see somebody's face, obviously it might send a different message. And so We're talking about FaceTime, and what we're really getting into or the topic that we're addressing is having a personal audience with God. You see, God desires to have interaction with us, and we're talking about living a life knowing Him. That's God's heart and God's desire. He wants to know us. God wants you to desire to know Him. You know, this past week, I was at my son's football practice. He just got into football this year. He's in tackle football, and so it's a whole new experience for him. And obviously, we're having to go and sit on the sidelines through the two-hour practices. And so, praise the Lord. This has been a joy of my life, you know. But anyways, you know, we're sitting there uh, watching, and so you get to know some of the other fathers that are there. And so, uh, just two days ago, it was on the Thursday night, uh, I was talking to two uh, gentlemen, they're again fathers of boys that are out on the field there. And so as we start talking, the one guy says to the other guy, he says, hey, he said, you know, uh, I knew so-and-so. Don't you remember so-and-so? Oh, yeah, I knew so-and-so. We were good friends. And then this guy says to him, he says, yeah, didn't that so-and-so, didn't he go to jail and spend some time in prison or something? And the guy says, well, I don't know if he did. Maybe he did. I knew he had some troubles and blah, blah, blah. And, and so as they're talking back and forth, then this guy says to me, he says, uh, or they were talking about uh, kids that we graduated high school from. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, I graduated with so-and-so. And then this guy that was sitting down here says, yeah, your name is Tony, right? And I said, yeah. He said, yeah, you graduated with my sister. And we chit-chatted back and forth. And so then we had some acquaintances that we knew and that I knew that his sister would know. And I said, well, yeah, you know, so-and-so, didn't he go to jail as well? And he's like... I don't know if he went to jail, but it was weird how this conversation revolved around people going to jail. You know what I mean? And then I go back and I sit in my seat next to this other guy that I normally sit with, and I got talking, and as I got talking, I said, yeah, so they're talking to that guy. He says, yeah, you know who that guy is, don't you? And I said, no. 
He says, well, have you seen on the news the boys that threw the rock over the bridge and the guy got killed on the expressway? He said, that's the one boy's dad. And my heart sunk. Because I'm thinking, dear God, I'm talking about people going to jail. You know, and I'm thinking, you talk about putting a foot in the mouth and feeling just horrible and insensitive. In fact, I even went over to him the very next day and I said, hey, listen. I said, I just want to apologize. I said, I didn't connect the dots. And I said, and here we're having this conversation. And I said, I am so sorry for being insensitive. I said, I just, I didn't even put it together. And I'm sorry. And he said, oh, he said, no worries, no problem. And the interesting thing is, is that this man always sits off by himself. Now, you realize that it's got to be horrible for that boy that was a part of that. But, you know, the father goes through the exact same stuff. I mean, he's the dad of that kid. And he always sits off by himself. And so then I just asked him, I said, I said, how's that stuff going, man? And he just said, it's a mess. And I said, I, I, I can't even begin to imagine. And I gave him my card and I said, well, if you ever need anything, I said, I'm always available. And as I was driving home, my heart was heavy because I'm thinking of it from the perspective of a dad. Because this boy's only like maybe 16 years old. And he did something really stupid. He did something that you can't even fathom that somebody would think about and have common sense that that would be something that you would do. But I'm thinking back to all the dumb things that I did as a kid. I mean, I did some dumb things. I even threw some things at cars before. You know what I mean? It was like water balloons, but I mean, I was, I was stupid. And I was only fortunate that I didn't get into trouble or that somebody didn't get hurt because of the stupid stuff that I did. And so I'm thinking of him as a dad. And how his heart must break. And as I was thinking about him, I started to cry in my car because I'm thinking, man, if that was my boy, I would appeal to the judge like, judge, I know he did something stupid, but can I go to jail in his place? Can I take his place? Because obviously I failed him as a, as a father. So can I go in his place? I mean, my heart just broke for this father. Are you getting what I'm saying to, to you? And that is the heart of God towards us. You and I have hurt God. We have allowed ourselves to be separated from God because of our sin and our stupid things that we've done. But God never looks at you or me through the stupid things we've done. He looks at us through what Jesus did and he says, I love you and I want to know you and I want to have a relationship with you. And he says, I loved you and wanted to be reunited with you so much that I sent my son to take your place so that we could have face time. Amen? And I don't know if you can put yourself in those shoes because, again, we can get real calloused and we can say, well, you know, that kid deserves to go to prison for the rest of his life. He, he took somebody's life and maybe he does. But put yourself in the shoes the mom or the dad and how your heart would break because you're seeing the little baby that you raised you're seeing all those times that you laughed and played and cried and you know that he's a good boy 
just did something stupid. But now, for the rest of his life, there's consequence. And that's God's heart towards us. He doesn't want you to feel as though you're under the pressure of your past and your failures. He just says, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to have face time with you. I want to know you. I want to be with you. And I don't know if that does anything for you. Because I believe that oftentimes we can get so calloused in doing this church thing that it becomes religious to us. But I just said that the God that created everything longs and desires to have face time with you. To have fellowship. Listen to what the scripture says in Deuteronomy chapter 28. It says, In all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you if you shall hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God. You see, God's wanting to talk to you. Notice it says, if we'll hearken or answer or respond to his voice. So in other words, God must be talking to us. God must be wanting to, to have an interaction and a conversation and a fellowship with us. And it says that if we'll respond to his voice talking to us and have face time with him, he says, the blessings of God will just overtake you. And I know sometimes we feel like hell is overtaking us. But God says, if you'll have face time with me, the blessings will overtake you. Notice what it says here. Well, I'll get there in just a moment. Another scripture I was going to share with you. Well, I will share it with you. It says, if we will diligently hearken or heed to or listen to the voice of the Lord our God and will do what is right in the sight that he will, uh, uh, or, uh, uh, and will give ear to his commandments, he will bless us or increase us in our life. Let me read that again. It says, if thou will diligently hearken to or listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and if you'll do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments, he will pour out blessing and increase upon our lives. That word commandment is nothing more than the word of God. But notice what he says here. If you will give ear to the word. I began to get into this last week. We weren't really able to dive into it as deep as I wanted to. But the word of God is God's voice. If we become acquainted with the word, we become acquainted with him speaking to us. Remember I said this concerning last week as well. Giving the example, I said all of us have probably went on to YouTube. Right? YouTube is a video platform. And on there they have a lot of how-to videos, right? So you could go in there and you could type in, how do I fix this or how do I do this? And there would be somebody on there showing you how to do something. And as a result of watching that or having FaceTime or watching their uh, video... You begin to have confidence, I've seen it, now I believe I can do it. And the Word of God 
is that exact same thing. You see, the, the Bible is not fairy tales. It's not just stories that sound good of like Jack and the Beanstalk. No, these are stories of people that have interacted with their God and have known their God. And therefore, we can begin to see the very nature and the heart of God of how He wants to interact with His kids. And so if I begin to read the Bible and I think, man, God was sure good to them. God sure bailed them out. God sure stood behind them in the, in, in the thick, thick of things in life. Well, then that begins to give me the assurance, well, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, if God doesn't change, then God's going to be that way for me. And so it begins to give me an assurance that as I see in God's Word, His nature, His character, I begin to have face time with Him. And I begin to discover His voice. Now, let me give you an example that might help bring that or make that a little bit clearer. Some of you may not be old enough to remember these days, but other ones, you might remember the old radios. And the old, you know, it started out a long time ago where you had the push button and it would jump across the dial face. And then there was the, the little knob that allowed you to turn it and you would see the little needle go across the face of the, of the radio. And every time you would start turning it, you would hear the... And then all of a sudden it would hit the station and you would start to hear the music or the dialogue on the radio. Anybody relating to what I'm talking about, right? You've either seen it or have experienced that kind of a radio, right? So in other words, the dial begins to help you dial in the frequency of what you're looking to hear for. And the Word of God begins to become a dial that begins to help us identify God's voice in our life. It begins to help you tune in to hear from Him. You'll find that if the Word of God becomes a part of my life, that His voice becomes a whole lot more clear as I begin to live life. And I'm not saying you have to start questioning, was that God? No, there's just a knowing on the inside. In fact, for that matter, the Bible says if you'll take heed to the voice of God... You won't follow the voice of a stranger because you become identified with his voice, having that face time and interaction with him that he becomes familiar to you, right? Now, everybody in this room has particular flavors of music that you like, right? So, as you start to turn the dial on the radio you start to hear things coming into clarity, right? And all of a sudden, it lands on the honky-tonk. And it's blaring and it's clear as can be, but you're like, nope, that is not what I was wanting to hear. Right? And so what do you do? You continue to dial in until you hit the channel or the frequency that you've been looking for. And so the Word of God becomes that fine-tuner for us that as we begin to have fellowship and FaceTime with God, that it becomes clearer to identify His voice. There might become other voices or other sounds or other frequencies that are starting to come in. But it's like, nope, 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 that doesn't sound like the voice that I've been acquainted with. Because when I become acquainted with the Word of God, it helps me become familiar with his voice does that make sense 
Why? Because he is constantly speaking to us through the word of God. I shared that last week in John's Gospel, chapter 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God, in verse 14 of chapter 1, says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, speaking of Jesus. So Jesus, the Bible refers to Jesus as being the Word of God. And the Bible says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So every time we read the Word of God, it is the voice of Jesus speaking to us. And so you become acquainted with knowing Him simply because we give place to the Word of God. Now, you might be like me, but you're like, well, I'm not a reader. I hated reading. Still not a big fan of reading. But when it comes to reading the Bible, I'm telling you there's those times where I'll be reading and something just ignites on the inside. Well, why does that it, it do something on the inside? Because the Bible is a living thing. And in that moment, it's God speaking to me. Come on, have you ever been there before where all of a sudden you're reading those stories of the Old Testament and you might have looked at it as though, yeah, that was them back then, but all of a sudden you start reading the stories and you start connecting the dots that, well, that's the same God and they were up against giants in their life and I'm up against a giant right now, so praise the Lord, if God did it for them, he'll do it for me because we serve the same God. And so as I read that story, it becomes God affirming me and saying, I've got you. Just like going to the bank and the teller says, listen, are you a tither? I see the no notices and the transactions well therefore if you're a tither then God's got your back well do you think it was just a person no there was a FaceTime with God being used through the teller right then and God saying I've got this because you act on the word of God amen notice what it says over in Job Job 37 verse 5 it says God's voice thunders in marvelous ways He does great things beyond our understanding. Come on. God is so desiring to blow your mind. We ask so little. We think so little. We give God so little. But God said, man, I'm just wanting to blow your mind. If you would just let me have FaceTime with you. Amen. The Bible talked about Moses having FaceTime with God. And it says that his very nature changed. His hair turned white. His face lit up. Why? Because he was with God. Notice what it says here in Exodus chapter 33. Exodus 33, starting in verse 7. It says, Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting so Moses set up a place to connect with God and he actually called it this is the tabernacle or this is the tent of meeting in other words this is the place that I'm gonna have face time with God so in other words he had an expectation that God was gonna meet him and Jesus hadn't even died on the cross yet Jesus hadn't even paid the price for sin yet, but yet Moses in the old covenant had an expectation to have face time with him. It goes on to say this. It says, and it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was on the outside of the camp. And so it was when Moses went out 
to the tabernacle, that all the people rose and every man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered into the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of the cloud standing at the tabernacle door and all the people rose and worshipped each man in his own tent door. Verse 11 says, So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Did you see that? You see, in the old covenant, not everybody could have face time with God. It was just the king, the priest, or the prophet. Everybody else couldn't get in face time with God. And it said that the people continued to look. They started to watch. Hey, Moses is moving. Hey, Moses is going to the tabernacle of meeting. Moses is going to meet with God. And they stood in awe that God would come down and meet with Moses like a friend. And it said that because it stirred them so much that God wanted to have FaceTime, it caused them, God, I worship you. Oh, I long to have that fellowship with you because God had FaceTime. Amen? They stood in awe that God would have FaceTime with Moses. But in today's day and age, we treat it as though it's an obligation to have FaceTime with God. I got to pray. I don't want to pray. We treat prayer as though it's a chore, as though it's an obligation. We talk about church prayer. I don't want to go to church prayer. That's boring. We're talking about God. God. God wanting to have FaceTime with us. He just wants to fellowship with us. And we act like it's no big deal. God, I've got better things to do. Come on. Are you here this morning? God wants us, wants us to experience Him. He wants us to have fellowship with Him. And notice what the Bible says. In John 15, Jesus was speaking here. He says, If you abide in me, and my word abides in you, we said his word is his voice or FaceTime with us. If his word abides in us, then you will ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. So in other words, if I begin to have FaceTime with God, and then I begin to go and talk to God and have FaceTime talking with God, that it says his voice gives me assurance that when I ask him for something, he's going to take care of it. Come on. How many of you have ever faced something in your life and you're thinking, God, I hope you come through. God, I hope you fix this. I don't know how, but God, I hope you can. Why are you saying hope? If you know him, if you know his word, 
If you've had FaceTime with him, he's the God that has created everything that has longed to have fellowship with you and sent Jesus to pay the price to cause a reunion with him. Why do we wonder and question and hope that maybe he will do something to help us? It's simply because we don't necessarily know him. We know about him. We may have said, Jesus, come into my heart, and that's as far as it's gone. But doggone it, man, don't ask me to go to church more than once a month because, man, it's an obligation. Why is it an obligation? Well, I just don't want to hang out with God. Well, I didn't say that, but no, that's what we say, right? I don't want to pray. I'd rather watch a football game. Now, then, football's important. Don't get me wrong. I get <laughs> You can put whatever you want in there, but you get my meaning, right? We so oftentimes treat God as though he is a burden in our life. The word of God, his voice brings confidence. In the midst of a tragedy, God, I know that you'll get me through this. God, I know that you didn't get caught off guard, and so you were already working before I ever saw this coming. You were working on a solution because you love me that much. You say, well, how do you know that? Because before you were ever born, the Bible says that God created a solution of reunion with him through Jesus before you ever were even a thought in your parents' understanding. And so he's working on your behalf before you even see the storm coming. Why? Because he loves us. I said that Jesus, or Jesus said that if you abide in his word, abides in you, that you'll ask or pray, and he'll just give you the desires of your heart. Notice what it says here. You see, you see asking is really what we call prayer. And how many of you know that prayer consists more of just asking God for things? He's wanting just to have fellowship. But notice what it says here. In Psalms 37, verse 4, he says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. You see, God sees your heart. He knows the things that you desire. And the Bible says that if we'll delight in him, if I just enjoy my fellowship with God, God wants to do those things for me. I was listening to one uh, minister, and he said that there was a young man that he just adored this kid. He was in his ministry, and he said, this kid was just so on fire for God. He said, man, I just had such an affection for him. And he said, I went to the Lord. He said, Lord, he said, I might be asking amiss or stepping outside of the, the bounds of what I can ask for, God. He said, but man, I love that kid, and I want that kid in my family. God, will you allow him or will you cause him to marry my daughter? And he said that little by little, within a month, God had connected the two of those kids. And he said by the end of the year, they were married. And he said, and God just heard my prayer because I love my daughter and I, I wanted a good man for her and a man that was on fire for God. And God heard me and God gave me the desire of my heart. And he said, that's my son-in-law. And he said, God cared about me and my daughter that much that he heard my prayers. You see, God cares about your desires. Amen? When it comes to this life, we talk about prayer and 
Prayer isn't just about Christianity or a part of Christianity. No, Christianity is all about our fellowship with Him. The whole Christian experience is being able to fellowship with Him. And isn't it interesting that in this day that we have to try to talk people into praying? I mean, when you think about it, isn't that just one of the most ridiculous things that you can think of? That i got to stand up here and try to cheerlead you into having fellowship with God. And when I say God, I'm talking about the creator of the universe. I'm talking about the one that put the sun and the stars in the, in the, in the, in the universe. I'm talking about the, the God that gives you breath to breathe right now. I'm talking about that God. I'm talking about the God that sent Jesus to die. He wants to have fellowship with us. And it's not an obligation. It's a privilege. Can you say amen? amen. Now let me ask you this question. I talked about the one pastor that asked God to give his daughter this man as a, as a husband. Has anybody in here ever introduced somebody to a friend because they were single and you're like, hey, I got somebody for you. I think you would make a good connection and you make the connection, right? Anybody wave at me if you've ever done that. We, we, all of us are probably in some form or fashion. In fact, I've got a couple friends that they married the one I set them up with. Isn't it interesting how we can get so excited about introducing somebody to another person so that they can have a relationship? But, oh, dear God, I don't want to tell somebody about Jesus. I don't want to introduce Jesus to somebody. Why? Are you embarrassed of them? Are we afraid that he's going to humiliate us? I'm talking about God. I'm talking about God. He just wants to have fellowship with us. Doesn't that just move you to think, me, of all people. I mean, my wife don't want to talk to me sometimes, but God, he wants to talk to me all the time. He wants to have fellowship with me. Isn't it also interesting that we can get more excited about a celebrity? I don't know if uh, I got some tickets to, to go see uh, the, the Allied thingy, uh, the, the golf tournament that's in town. And I don't know if you saw it on the news yesterday, but Kid Rock was playing a scramble or like a charity type thing. And they were interviewing people. And man, people were just so excited. Kid Rock. I got to see Kid Rock. Woo, Kid Rock. Woo-hoo. Little skinny, scrawny guy. I got to see Kid Rock, you know. Um, you might like him. I, you know, I'm not a fan. But nevertheless, and I'm not criticizing him, Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying, here's this guy that never promoted God, never promoted Jesus, but people are so excited to go and pay money and to see a celebrity. But man, it's an obligation to have fellowship with God. God, I don't want to pray. Why don't we want to pray? Maybe it's really revealing of our hearts and our relationship with Him. 
Maybe it's revealing that we've not really much, had much face time with him because if you've had face time with him, it will change your life. That minister that I was talking about that asked God for a husband for his daughter, he was telling a story of praying with some friends of his. And he says, hey, we're getting ready to pray. Would you like to pray with us? And he says, sure. He said, but now listen, he says, I've only got an hour to pray. He said, so just want to give you forewarning that after an hour I'll have to leave. And so they started praying. And he said, 13 hours later, we finished. Now you might think, 13 hours? How can you pray for 13 hours? If you've been listening to what I've been saying, I've talked about the God of this universe, the God that loves you, the God that has created all things, the God that has caused you to exist. He wants to have fellowship and an audience with you. And you think Kid Rock is so cool? I'm telling you what, you get in the presence of God, you have never met anyone like him. You can sit in a concert for three hours and woo-hoo-hoo. But I'm talking you get in the presence of God, 13 hours won't seem but a minute. And this is what he said. He said, after I started praying, he said, initially I said I got an hour to pray. But then after I got into prayer, he says, what else better do I have to do? I'm just talking to God. Fellowshipping with him and he's wanting to hang out with me. What else is more important right now? Amen. And you might say, what could you talk to God for 13 hours straight about? Listen, if you start having that kind of face time with God, you'll get to a point where you'll stop talking about you. You'll stop talking about you to God and all your stuff and all your little pettiness. And God will say, can I talk to you about some more important things? Can we talk about this? And can we talk about this? And can I trust you with this? And will you help me with this? Will you help pray about this? Because I need you to help me in this area. And the fellowship with God becomes so real. Amen? Notice what it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. It says, For the eye of the Lord runs to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose hearts are loyal towards him. God is waiting and he's looking for. He, every day he's saying, who's eager to spend time with me? Who's looking to have FaceTime with me? Because I'm just excited to find that person that just wants to hang out with me. And see, we think of it as though it's always us towards God. No, God is giddy. He's just waiting for you to say, God, I want to talk. God, I want to hang out. God, I want to love on you. He's so wanting to have FaceTime. I'll close with just a couple stories here and I'll wind it down. Just this morning I was thinking of my grandfather before he went home to be with the Lord. And, and again, God will talk to you and, and just an everyday, ordinary things. And this was several years back, and it was at a Christmas party. And my grandfather always just loved to talk about Jesus. I mean, you could start talking about the weather, and he would turn the conversation into talking about Jesus. 
And because the family wasn't so great at fellowshipping with God and having FaceTime with God, whenever Grandpa talked about God, they go, ah, you know, talking about Jesus again, you know. And it just infuriated me. I'm like, this is the patriarch of our family, and, and, and you shut them down. And, and so they had said to us, they said, next year the grandkids are going to be hosting the Christmas thing, and Tony, you're going to be the first one. And I'm like, okay. And as I'm driving home, I'm like, by God, I'm going to get a pulpit or something because at, at the Christmas party that we put on, Grandpa's going to have a platform to talk about Jesus all that he wants to. Nobody's going to shut him down because it's my party. But as I'm driving home, the Lord said to me, and Kelly and I were, were having this conversation, and as I'm driving home, I can still see where I'm at. I'm in Birch Run right next to Don's supermarket right there. And the Lord said to me, he won't be here next Christmas. Now, why, why do I bring that up? Not to get sad in the moment, but God loved me so much, and he was just telling me to get things ready for Grandpa going home. And then you've probably heard me tell the story, but my grandfather went into the hospital just a few months later. They didn't know what was wrong with him. He just started to decline, and he was in a coma. And then they called us and said, why don't you come up? It don't look like he's going to make it. And so Kelly and I, we said, you know what, God? When we go up there to see Grandpa, we're not going to sit there and boo-hoo. We're going to have a glorious home going, and therefore he's got to come out of a coma, and we're going to worship and celebrate God before he goes. And so we got there to the hospital, and as we're sitting there around the bed, my uncle says to me, Tone, why don't you pray? And so I just said this general prayer, and I said amen. And the moment I said amen, Grandpa came to, whoa, glory to God, hallelujah. He starts shouting in the, the, the bed, or in the the, the, the uh, hospital room there and and they come running in trying to find out what's going on and then the nurse looks at me and says man he's a little loopy and, and like no grandpa's been in sound, more sound mind now than he's ever been and then he starts talking about what he's seeing on the other side of glory do you see that over there and man we just had a glorious home going now the reason that I brought that up to you is because I said to you that God said to me on the way after that Christmas party grandpa won't be with you next year that he just spoke that to my heart, and I knew it was the voice of God. And as I was pondering that this morning, here's what God said to me. He said, the, re the reason that you have it with your grandfather was because you honored me and said, I will give grandpa a platform to talk about Jesus. And because you honored me, I honored you and gave you the opportunity to have a glorious homegoing with your grandfather. And he declared blessings over us and over my kids, and I didn't even have kids at the time. I'm talking about having fellowship with God where God's voice is so real to you that you just know when he's speaking to you. Does that make sense? For the sake of time, I'll wind it down right here. I know last week we started what we called our 21 days of prayer. And if I sense right on the inside that probably many of us have not taken it real serious as to say, you know what, I'm going to hunker down and I'm going to spend time making room for God in these next 21 days. And so what I want to do is I want to have a reset. I want us to start again. And if you've already started, great. But I want us to all become people that have a heart and a hunger to know Him. So can we start a fresh 21 days of saying, God, I'm going to make room for you. I'm going to have face time with you.
And you might say, God, I don't know what to pray. Then in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, Paul says, pray this way. Pray that you would have wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. God may seem as though he's so far from you right now. But God wants to be closer than the person sitting next to you right now. And if you'll just make that your prayer, God, I don't know what it is to be hungry for you, but God, I want to be hungry. God, I don't know what it means when they talk about being on fire for you, but God, light a fire on the inside of me. God, I just want to know you. I want to know your voice. I want you to be real. I want to have that genuine relationship. If you just pray that prayer, God will meet you. It says that his voice thunders and he wants to do marvelous things. Listen, when he starts talking, you won't question. You, Oh God, that's you. son Tony talking to you and God I just want such a face to face with you and God I pray for every person in this place that God you would awaken their heart that whatever burden or whatever hardship it seems to know you or to surrender to you that God you would put their heart at rest and that God there would be such a desire to just crawl up in your arms and be loved by you and to talk with you face to face God I pray that the eyes of our understanding would be opened and that we would have wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you I ask this in your holy name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Folks, I want you to know God. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life